Support for Akron Adventures comes from Audible. With over 180,000 titles and a variety of membership plans, Audible is the Internet's leading provider of digital audiobooks. Right now, Audible is offering Akron Adventures listeners a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Adventures to download a title for free and start listening. That's audibletrial.com slash Adventures. Stick around until the end of this episode for a sneak preview of Episode 6. Snow Day Productions presents Bones in the Dark, Episode 5. Reggie's plan was simple. There wasn't a question she had ever had that the library couldn't help her answer. In order to solve the mystery of the bone in Taylor Park, she and her friends had to figure out what the heck a poorhouse was and why there had been one where the park now stood. Shouldn't we be headed to where the bookshelves are? Lisa asked. Normally, yes, but look here, Reggie said, pointing to the large sign in the lobby that broke down the library's offerings like a dinner menu. Local history is in the special collections. That's on the third floor. They all followed Reggie to the information desk, where a librarian looked up from her book with a smile. Hello, kids. Can I help you? Yeah, we're here to see the special corrections, Maya said with some annoyance. She thought their purpose was obvious. Collections, Reggie corrected with a gentle squeeze to Maya's left hand. We're here to see the special collections. Collections, Maya repeated to herself, but Reggie only just barely heard her. Well, for that, you'd need an appointment. Do you have an appointment? An appointment for the library? Isn't the deal free books whenever we want, Maya asked. The librarian laughed sharply, although the kids did not. Yes, you're mostly right, but special collections is a little different. It's special, Henry asked insincerely, trying to break up the tension. Look, we came all the way here and we're working on this mystery, and you'd want us to be working on it. I swear, it's important. Can't we come in without an appointment just this once? Reggie asked. Please, Lisa added. The librarian hesitated a moment, then shook her head with a finality they couldn't mistake. I'm sorry, I'd like to accommodate you, but these rules are in place to protect the materials housed in the collections. Some of the paper is very old, some require gloves to handle, there are old photographs and maps. You need an appointment, preferably with an adult. They turned and walked away from the desk, heading instinctively to the privacy of a quiet aisle between the stacks. What now? asked Henry in a strained whisper. Maybe we should ask your mom to make an appointment for us, Reggie, suggested Lisa. We might even be able to get in this afternoon. Maybe, said Reggie, trying to think of something, anything, that might get them in now. They stood for a moment, saying nothing. Nobody knew what to say. Nobody had any ideas. And then Maya sighed. I'll take one for the team, she said. What do you mean, asked Reggie. Just give me a minute, Maya said, pulling her phone and her earbuds out of her backpack. You'll know what to do. And without another word, she turned and headed toward the far back corner of the library. Reggie, Lisa, and Henry looked at each other. Henry shrugged, as if to say, who knows what she's up to. And then they heard it. Startled, eyes wide. They stared at each other for a second, and Lisa clapped her hand over her mouth in horror. Maya was singing hello at the top of her lungs from somewhere deep, deep in the library stacks. Off key. It was shocking. It was horrible. And it was hilarious. 
They peeked around the corner of the stack and saw the librarian race from around the desk and toward the sound of Maya's wailing voice, which seemed to be moving through the building rather than coming from one place. Let's go, hissed Reggie as they ran for the stairs. With a quick glance over his shoulder as they took the steps two at a time, Henry confirmed that the librarian was nowhere in sight and they could all hear Maya still singing from a different part of the library below them. When they reached the door to the special collections room, Reggie closed her eyes, put her hand on the knob, and thought, please be unlocked, please be unlocked, please be unlocked, as she turned it. They were in. It was clear pretty quickly that they'd need to use the computer to figure out what special collections had to offer them. Lisa instinctively took the lead, sitting down at the computer like she had in her own room a million times. The others crowded behind her and leaned in over her shoulder to follow along. She had the search for local history figured out within minutes, but there was a problem. There's only one thing popping up for Poorhouse, and it's in... Talmadge? She said like a question. Poorhouse? Who was interested in the Poorhouse? Came a voice from behind them. They turned, startled and looking guilty, to stare at a very old woman with white hair and kind blue eyes. Are you a librarian? Asked Henry, waiting for her to kick them out. No, she said smiling. I volunteer once a week to reshelve books and other materials. You know about the poorhouse? Lisa asked. Yes, it's a nickname, not a very kind one, for a place that used to exist here in Akron a long time ago. Officially, it was an infirmary, the Hillcrest Infirmary. It's real? Henry asked with some disbelief. Very real. Thanks, Lisa said and turned back to the computer. She swapped infirmary for poorhouse and voila, up popped multiple entries. There were photograph collections, personal letters, official records, maps, tons of stuff. Holy moly, Henry said. Reggie couldn't contain her excitement. Lisa, you did it! Lisa looked up, her expression grave. Yeah, but only because of Maya, she said quietly, so the woman putting books away across the room couldn't hear her. She's going to be in so much trouble. We'd better hurry. Within a half hour, they had developed a system. Lisa was on photographs and maps, Reggie was reading through official infirmary records, and Henry took the old letter and newspaper collections, pausing to look up words that the group didn't understand or couldn't decipher. The curious library volunteer, Ms. Eleanor was her name, had agreed to assist with whatever she could. Reggie liked that she seemed excited about their research and willing to help them. She also seemed to know a lot about the infirmary, and between her and the materials they had gathered, a pretty clear and grim picture had begun to emerge. This is awful, Reggie said quietly to herself. Henry, I thought you looked up infirmary and it's supposed to be a kind of hospital. I did, that's what it said, but this infirmary was nothing like the nurse's office at school, Henry noted with some dread. Listen to this, said Reggie. The infirmary records don't call them patients, like at a hospital, they call them inmates. Isn't that what you call people in jail? Yeah, said Henry. These old newspapers call them that too. Apparently, anyone who was poor and didn't have a family to take care of them ended up there. Guys, I think I found a picture of the actual poorhouse, uh, I mean, infirmary. Like, the building itself, Lisa said. They gathered round the image. It was a massive three-story brick building, with several chimney-like structures along the roof. It had white decorative trim and parts and a sizable six-post front porch that would have been picturesque and welcoming on literally any other house. There were 16 unshuttered windows across the front of the building. It wasn't pretty exactly and definitely not delicate. 
more like solid, imposing, and intimidating. Total heebie-jeebies, Henry said. Like a horror movie boarding school, Reggie echoed. Is that a horse and buggy? Lisa asked. It was. Just to the left of the front porch stood a dark horse in a black-roofed buggy. The kids could just make out the vague outline of an unidentifiable person holding the reins from inside the buggy, seemingly unaware the picture was being taken. The hair on Reggie's neck rose, and she shivered. That person was definitely dead now, she thought. That spine-tingling feeling didn't go away. The poorhouse was inhabited by all kinds of people that the city had just spit out. Undesirables, Reggie thought to herself, remembering something from a book she had read once. There were immigrants, women whose husbands had died or who couldn't support their children, sick people of all ages, babies who weren't wanted, mentally and physically challenged people, every kind of outcast, people who didn't fit in. Reggie wondered if she would have been one of those outcasts. If the infirmary existed today, would she be sent there? Her family? Any of her friends? Her neighbors? Look at this, Lisa said quietly to Reggie, breaking her free from her troubling thoughts. It was a map of the infirmary property from 1915, over a hundred years ago. Reggie scanned it and saw some things she recognized, like Walden Avenue and Rosewood Street, and some things that didn't exist anymore, including a whole ward for the female insane. Whatever that meant, Reggie thought. Look here, Lisa said again, this time pointing to a relatively large area of land by Rosewood and Walden. This is where Taylor Park is now. This is by my house. I guess Cranky Joe was telling the truth. It wasn't always a park. The graveyard path, Reggie said. That's what he called it. What do you think it was? Lisa asked. The area that was now Taylor Park wasn't labeled like everything else on the map. You guys, there are hundreds and hundreds of burial records here, Henry interrupted. His voice was tight with alarm, and something else. He was obviously upset. Graveyard path, burial records, Reggie thought to herself, going over the material in her head. She looked back down at the map. Do you think this was an actual cemetery? A graveyard? Not a graveyard exactly. Ms. Eleanor had come up behind them again. At least, not the way you mean, where the dead are buried with ceremony, mourning, and respect, and their graves marked by their families. Henry had to clear his throat before he spoke again. There were no gravestones. It was just... He paused for a moment. It was a pit. Of dead bodies? Lisa asked, clearly freaking out. Hundreds of dead bodies, Henry corrected. Decades of the... the inmates dying at the infirmary and being dumped into unmarked graves on the grounds, where the park is now. A potter's field, Reggie said quietly the phrase just coming to her from something she'd once read. They all seemed to turn toward the only adult in the room, wishing for her to correct them, to tell them that they had it wrong, that what seemed like clear mounting evidence was crazy. They wanted her to tell them that such a thing could never happen, not in their town, at least. Ms. Eleanor looked sad for them. A potter's failed, she confirmed. A moment passed, and she spoke once more, quietly before leaving them to grapple with the truth. Please pull the door closed when you leave, children. So, the stories Mr. Parsons told us about those kids digging up bones in the abandoned swampland, along the graveyard path, they were true. Henry looked stunned. And it's not just a few bones, Lisa said. They fell quiet for a moment, trying to process the information. And then Reggie spoke. There are hundreds of bodies underneath Taylor Park.
What now? Lisa asked. I'm thinking, Reggie replied, about what to do next. Then she sighed and stood up. But first, we have to go get Maya. Henry looked startled and Lisa distinctly guilty. They'd forgotten all about Maya. They felt some relief at having something concrete to do. Coast is clear, Lisa turned back into the special collections room from the doorway, where she was peering out and down the stairs. Nobody at the front desk. They walked quickly out and down the stairs, and when they approached the desk, they saw to their left, near the front doors, Maya holding her phone, earbuds dangling from it. Surrounded by the librarian who'd refused to let them go upstairs without an appointment, another woman they didn't recognize, and a man wearing a tie. A very bad sign. They walked toward the group. Maya was speaking, and though she made eye contact with Reggie, she gave no indication to the grown-ups that she'd seen her friends. I'm so, so sorry, Maya was saying. Like I said, I just forgot. I couldn't hear myself. I had my earbuds in, and it was Adele. Young lady, it took us ten minutes to find you. Do you expect us to believe you weren't deliberately eluding us? Asked the man, who was clearly angry. The librarian they'd spoken to earlier noticed that Reggie and the others had joined them. Her eyes narrowed in suspicion. And where have you three been? In the children's section, said Lisa immediately. When the woman sighed, they knew it was over before she spoke. I think you should all leave, and think about how important it is to be considerate of others at the library before you come back. Understood? Yes, of course, understood, they all said over each other, nodding vigorously and backing away toward the door. Want me to send you a copy of Hello? Maya asked the frowning adults as Lisa grabbed her arm and pulled her forcefully out the door and onto the sidewalk. It'd be no trouble, she shouted before the door shut behind them. After they'd gotten over their nervousness at almost being caught and given Maya all the credit for their success, they had to fill her in on what they'd found. So there's nothing left to do, Maya said. Reggie looked at her, surprised by the tone of her voice. Normally, nothing fazed Maya. But she looked tired and sort of sad, and Reggie didn't blame her. She felt it too, but couldn't quite put her finger on the exact feeling. Hopeless, maybe, she thought. We solved it, Maya continued. A bunch of people died over a hundred years ago. I don't even want to know how. And then a bunch of other jerks dumped them in a field. We did it, congrats. You got what you wanted, Reggie. Don't be mad at Reggie, Lisa said loudly, startling everyone with her angry outburst. This isn't her fault. I think we're all tired, Henry said, trying to defuse the conflict. Let's just calm down. Easy for you to say, Henry. No one in the Peddington family would ever have wound up in a potter's field, said Maya. What does that have to do with anything? And my last name is Pennington, Maya, which you know perfectly well. You guys, stop fighting, called Lisa, and her voice broke on the last word. She was struggling not to cry. Tell Henry to stop being a jerk, said Maya quickly. Tell Maya to stop being herself, Henry shot back, looking very red around the ears. Reggie had stopped listening. She was gazing away from their huddle, trying to pin down the source of her feelings. And then she found it. They erased them, she said softly. She had the words now and she spoke louder, getting her friend's attention. Guys, stop. Listen. It's that they erased them. Why we're upset. Why it's so shocking. The whole city. They put up a park and just forgot about them. I don't care, said Maya. Her voice was tight and angry, and she was blinking her eyes quickly. Nobody hated to cry as much as Maya. I'm sick of this whole thing. I'm sick of more than that, said Henry hotly. I want to go home. 
I have to go, Lisa said, and she wouldn't look at anyone as they all began to walk slowly away from Reggie, leaving her standing on the sidewalk. But there's something we can do. Something we have to do, Reggie said quietly. We can remember them. We can make the town remember them. But no one heard her because her worst fear was suddenly all too real. Reggie was completely alone. Akron Adventures is written and produced by Marlia Weiss, Julie Drew, and Casey Shevlin. Our theme music is written and recorded by Philip Anderson. You can hear more from him at philipandersonmusic.com. Support for Bones in the Dark comes from Chill Artisan Ice Cream Company. Don't forget to subscribe to the Akron Adventures podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Episodes every Tuesday. Next time on Bones in the Dark. When Reggie heard the commotion, she jumped up from her seat at Ronnie Carter's desk. She looked to her right and saw Maya, Henry, and Lisa barreling through the room in her direction, a furious security guard chasing closely behind them. What on earth is going on here? One of the reporters asked, joining some other onlookers. The stampede was quickly becoming a spectacle. Just some troublemakers, the security guard said, catching up to them. I'll take care of... Lisa interrupted him, out of breath but nearly shouting. No, stop! You have to listen to us! Reggie, the security guard, and a slew of reporters were all staring at her. We're here to give you a story about Taylor Park.